Hello Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing alright today, Jim. How are you doing? I'm feeling dynamic, that's why I launched straight in with an introduction. No jokey preamble, no Boglin Watch, although we do have Boglin Watch updates. Uh, I just thought I'd, I'd surprise everyone by launching right into the thick of things. Is this the beginning of a new gym? A gym who's like on track and knows where the topic list is going and is like, yeah, let's get to the business, none of this jokes. Let's do some video game news, grumble, grumble, grumble. Is this, is this what's <laughs> happening? Fuck no. Hello, Gavin, <laughs> how are you doing? Good, thanks. Uh, whoa, I'm very quiet. Uh, there we go. Is that better? Whoa, that's too much. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, what Gavin, are you doing? Gavin bumbles into one Mr. to all of the efficient introductions <laughs> that I've been doing. Mr. Music Producer over here with his expertise in audio. <laughs> yeah, like we did the whole thing where we're like, are all the levels right? Yeah, they're fine. Okay, we'll record. And then Gavin's just like, whoa, what's going on? Everybody, Gavin. Where are you? Oh, Gavin, I don't I, know what I'm doing. I had to turn my volume down to eat my apple. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I respect ain't, the ain't nobody wants yeah. to hear that. <laughs> I, I want to hear it, Gavin. I want to. Yeah. I, um, I think this podcast apples. should just be like an hour and a half of you munching on apples. Yeah. I would like to do a spin-off cast, the app, the app acquisition lol. That the Gav apple, the Gavishes apple. Eat it, Gavin. Eat the apple. Position. <laughs> that would be fun for everybody. It would probably sound awful. Um, ha- well, right. my, my, I was going to say, my how is everyone? Scene but I've in, uh, Uncharted Four involved an apple. Hey, oh, that bit where Nathan Drake fucks it, and then he kills that uh, entire no, spoilers, civilization. Jim, of don't spoil that he fucks the apple. That's a critical plot point. That's uh, true <laughs> because the um, the secret of of Henry Avery's treasure is a tiny rolled-up scroll that's in the middle of the apple, and he has to fuck it out with his hard dick. Yeah, like, and he of didn't course, even Drake know it was in there. He was just fucking the no. apple anyway, and he just like, oh, God, I accidentally it fucked this, out. like, scroll out of the apple. If well, I'd have eaten the thing. apple, I'd have bitten the scroll, but because I fucked the apple, everything's okay. It's an amazing um, example of story and gameplay integration. Because Nathan Drake only gets a boner when he kills hundreds of innocent people. So you do a whole level where you're like mowing down this uh, village. Uh, people running and screaming and cowering. Uh, then he gets a massive chubby on. He um, fucks the apple and the little scroll flings out the end of it and... Like, right, right as Sully is laughing at a great joke that he re- remembered. We never learned well, no, what the Sully's joke Sully's after making a joke and, like, um, it's... Oh, like, that's right, care- yeah. Care- careful of the seeds, Nate. And Nate's like, which seeds? Whoa. Oh. That's it. And then, then he's like, ah, ha, ha, you did it again, kid. So uh-huh. I'm, choking, I'm choking on the seeds. Yep. And then the, the parchment hits Sully in the back of the throat. And then you have to uh, fuck Sully... <laughs> To knock the the parchment out of his throat, you bend Sully over, and he's like, "Man, I've got to fuck you now. Eat at Subway, kids." And then he's just oh, 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 like that, and Sully's like, "Do it harder, kid! Do it harder!" My favorite ah, bit of and then my favorite out. bit of that mission is still when the yeah. map leads them to the moon, and it turns out that the moon is actually a giant apple in disguise, and that like Nathan Drake has to fuck the apple moon. And that's, that's how he gets the big scroll to, to come back down to earth. And the scroll was the treasure. And the treasure is the fact that, like, we all enjoy fucking apples. Yeah. Apple and moon. Yeah. You know, that's funny because last week we were saying that the moon looks like Billy Corgan. And that really sounds like the name of a Smashing Pumpkins song. Apple moon. Apple moon. Apple I moon. fucked you. <laughs> Apple 
apple moon. Apple, apple moon. moon. <laughs> I fought the apple moon. <laughs> so we were off to such a good start, like jumping uh, in nice and efficient, and and then yeah. we had to go and ruin Uncharted 4's ending. Oh, Should I do more fool? impersonations of Sully getting fucked up the ass by Nathan? Well, go ahead. Another <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do it when you least expect... Ah, fucking do it harder, the kid! Other, there we are, the when other, you least um, expect it. The other Uncharted spoiler I never saw coming was the plot point where Nathan grabs a ledge and it breaks and he grabs the one below it just in time. Right? I was like, whoa, who could have Absolutely. seen that twist coming? Actually, we make... We- we make a joke about that because obviously those scripted moments are par for the course. There was a moment when Nathan... They, they took they, the piss out of it themselves? No, not even that. They were driving on a bridge. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan said, you know, we, we're just up on the bridge. And I said out loud, yeah, and that bridge is just going to fall over right now. And the moment I said now, the bridge came out. <laughs> not that I'm saying Uncharted 4 is predictable in any way. It is. It's still a great fucking game. Predictable yeah, it's shit. Really good. Now, uh, to be fair, there are moments in the banter between the characters where they address this full on. They do there are make two some moments I remember yeah. where they addressed the the kind of cliches of the series, and I I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, they're it's still vaguely, cliches though. That's the thing. Well, that that's yeah. it. Like, I found them funny in a vacuum, but I, the other week I went back and replayed the Uncharted collection. And I was like, oh, they've been making these jokes about how cliched some of these things are since Uncharted One. Yeah. It's kind of not funny that you're still doing the cliche thing and laughing yeah, about it. Yeah, it would have been more so impressive much. to have not whoa, done whoa, whoa, them whoa, and found on, something else. Did you just suggest that Uncharted 4 is not a perfect video game? I might have suggested Rage. that it's not a perfect video game. Rage. Although, to be fair, it is, it, is my, it is my game of the year. Just because of that, it's my game of the year because there's this wonderful scene in the middle of the video game where Nathan Drake sits down on the couch and he boots up a, a computer console to play a video game and he starts playing that game where you fuck some tanks. So, you know, it's my favourite video game of the year because that very really <laughs> happened in Tank the game. Fucker. Tank Fucker 2000 was my favourite yeah. PlayStation era I'm, game. I'm, I'm so glad that you got to play Tank Fucker 2000 from within Uncharted 4. It's just such wonderful realism to my life. Well, I mean, that's the, the other big problem there is it brings up some bitter memories for me because they're bringing out uh, Tank Fucker 2000 Remastered, but you can only uh, get it in the collector's edition of Tank Fucker... Oh, <laughs> Tank man. Fucker 2000 Infinite Tank Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that's been, that's been an, a hot topic this week, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I think I guess EA, EA must have, have given themselves such a big smirk when they saw what was happening and when they knew what they were about to put out. Well, this is the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, well, let's they, get, some, let's get yeah. some backstory on this. Um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was announced, and actually, funnily enough, they announced it um, when I said they would because I was privy. I actually leaked a bit of a story and got um, quoted in real news places like videogamer.com um, <laughs> because I knew it was coming. And so they made the announcement Infinite Warfare. You guys, you guys are always breaking these. Like, you should do games journalism or something. You're always <laughs> nah, breaking stories that's for, and stuff. That's for Um <laughs> So Infinite Warfare came out, uh, the YouTube video. I don't think it's as disliked as the Ghostbusters remake trailer yet, but it seems like it's, it's going to be well on its way. It is It is currently, I believe, the most disliked video game trailer of all time on YouTube. Definitely video game trailer, yeah. yeah I'm going to look it up now just because it was over a million when I last saw it. I wonder if they got it to two million yet. And, like, I, no, I, I don't lo- get I it. I looked today it looked, and it was like one million yeah. three hundred thousand. 
it looked really fucking cool to me. Like, I know it's not what, like, a lot of people are after from Call of Duty, but I'm like, oh, this looks really different, and I'm probably going to really yeah. enjoy this campaign. It looks very scripted like all of them, though. Yeah. I have, I worry that a lot of this space stuff is just going to be, a like, a a ghost train roller coaster type it, fairground ride it thing. Probably, and... It probably is, but if I had to give that, like, boil down my opinion of that trailer and my expectations of the game based on that trailer down to a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I'd have wanna... thumbs up. Do you know, want to know the one phrase that kept popping into my head when I saw this and when they're going to defend this? This this one goes to 11. <laughs> like, yes. But this one goes to 11. Yeah, they've never been to and 11 And they just don't before. seem to understand why being like that all the time just doesn't, you know, doesn't I, That's, I, that's I mean, my problem with the Call of Duty series the past few years is they just make these token efforts to try and be a bit one better than the last. And it's like, they, they know that they need to reinvent, but they're too scared to reinvent and lose the people that love Call of Duty for what it is. So there's these nothing but these very frustrating half measures for me. It's like a Call of Duty for years has been like the build-up to a sneeze without sneezing. And I find that very frustrating. Also, their current uh, dislike um, rate is 1,748,000. So they are well on the way. Um, that is a... Big fucking dislike bar. Yeah, I you you mentioned Gav like the turn it up to eleven thing. That, that something annoys me about that phrase, and this is a bit of a tangent on this, but it annoys me when people say like, "Oh yeah, we're turning it up to 11. 11 out of what? Because you're assuming we 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 will assume it's out of ten. Maybe it's eleven out of a hundred. Maybe they're not going to give it their well, all no, at all, and they're like, no, it's, ah, we'll no, turn it up to eleven. No, it's because it's a reference to Spinal oh, Tap. Oh no, I, I'm I'm well aware that it's a reference to Spinal Tap. I'm trying to I'm trying to be make a funny, but nope, nope, my funny's not good enough for Gavin. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Gavin, Gavin's the joke, police. To be fair, we started with Nathan Drake fucking an apple, so it's all downhill from here. Um, there's no, like that's the pinnacle, listeners. That's the pinnacle of how funny we're going to be today. I feel it in my bones. So don't expect anything good ever. Uncharted is an eleven out of thirteen game. When we get around to like doing a a best of episode that covers this bit of the podcast that's going to be the bit from this episode that makes it in there like that's the bit where it's like yeah we hit our stride there we'll we'll, we'll use that bit yeah somehow we're happy with that yeah the, rest um, of the episode we'll probably throw away who knows yeah yeah who knows or cares uh but yeah the big um controversy with this isn't so much that another call of duty exists it's that the long rumored call of duty modern call of duty 4 modern warfare remastered was announced at the same time but it's only available in um three version three special edition versions of call of duty infinite warfare that starts at 80 bucks and as i talk about this i I'm fairly sure we actually discussed this last week because I now remember Gavin telling us he's going to buy it anyway. And I yeah, just realised I, I started just talking 4. about the same conversation. <laughs> yeah, I want Call of Duty 4. <laughs> just play it on PC. That, like, that's more or less remastered anyway. <laughs> well, like, here's the thing. They, they're saying, oh yeah, you can only get it with modern uh, that's Infinite not Warfare happen, or whatever that... it is. Of course like, not. six months it'll be available standalone. The moment they, like, sell out of their editions or, like, the sales slow enough, it'll be like, right. Like, it's, it's As I said on the Gymquisition this week, it's Activision having its cake and masturbating into it as well because they get to, mm. they get to make extra money off those people who don't have, say, the patience to wait for it. And then any stragglers, they can just mop up later, like, like soup with a bit of bread. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's a horribly good idea. 
Yeah, and, and it's, it's going horrible, to make but them work. infinite piles of money because they yeah. know it will, and we all know it will. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, in that realm, what I got disappointed by this week, and it's not, it's not Call of Duty. I got kind of disappointed by the the battlefield reveal we got this week, and it's not because it doesn't look really cool, but it's because. Earlier in the day, before the announcement of Battlefield 1 happened, there was a leak that made it sound even cooler, and then it wasn't quite as cool as the leak. So, like, the short version of this, the day, like, Battlefield 1 got announced, which is Battlefield in World War 1, probably gonna be really bloody cool. I'm disappointed now that it doesn't have wizards in it. Because Kotaku ran a story that said, hey, Battlefield 1 is going to get announced today. It's going to be a World War 1 game, but it's going to have wizards. And I got my hopes up for Battlefield Wizards. I would play any game that was just World War 1 with wizards. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like, it's not that this World War 1 shooter doesn't look really awesome. But forever, I'm going to look at Battlefield 1 and go, you could have had wizards. Why don't you have wizards? And I'm never going to not think that about this game now. Fuck you. Right? You'd think with EA always always wanting to chomp on um, Activision's flavour, they would, like, try and take on Destiny, which well, had, not only yeah. had wizards, had moon wizards. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought they were doing when I heard this. I was like, oh, okay, you're trying to do the Destiny thing. You want to have, like, wizards, but also in a war. But that being said, um, have you both watched the trailer for Battlefield 1? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, it was. Um, I did a, a trailer reaction video to it, which was an, in- a, a, by my standards, a, a rather intensely disliked video. And I can't work out whether that was for Battlefield or people just didn't like the 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 way I did the video because there were no complaints in the comments, like, there were one or two, but not for the race. It was weird, but I haven't quite worked out what it is. I'm just curious. But um, yeah, I so saw it. Looks it looks all right. Yeah, it looks cool. I, I mean, sorry. the the, the yeah. graphics sure are shiny. I like I'm, the Cape King, the man I'm, with the cape. I'm excited for it mainly because of some of the mechanical changes they're making. Um, as someone that's frustrated by certain aspects of online first-person shooters, I really like the idea that, say, weapons... Uh, sorry, um, vehicles are going to be locked to classes. So if you're a sniper, you can't just go and randomly go pick up a tank somewhere because it's like, no, you were trained up as a sniper. Does you make don't know how sense, a tank yeah. works. They're like, no, you got to get on a horse or something probably to get to where you're going. Um mm-hmm. I like you, the tank boy yeah. gets to have the tank. Yeah, the tank boy gets to have the tank. You can't be the sniper and steal the tank. So that's kind the, of nice. The potential for that to go hard, like they'll have to find some way to balance that because if everyone picks fucking jet boy, I don't know. I think in in my experience with these things, people do tend to gravitate to what they're good at, and you will still have enough snipers and enough, you know. Guys, to do stuff. Oh, there'll be enough snipers. There's always enough <laughs> exactly, snipers yeah. in Battlefield. Yeah, so we'll get plenty sure of snipers. <laughs> oh, they're not going to trade yeah. in their rifles for a tank. I'm a sniper. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really like the look of that trailer. Like I I like the idea of a World War One first-person shooter, and I'm kind of interested in how it's going to work because it's a very weird war. In that it's a war where you had, like, very early tanks starting to pop up, but you also had, like, cavalry on horses, and you had, like, this mix of trench warfare and, like, the first attempts at, like, yeah, we're gonna try and, like, do, like, poison, gas, bombings and things. It's a very odd war mechanically. Yeah. I'm very and a bunch curious of to see how they're gonna make it fun. <laughs> far away from the front lines, sending everyone else to their deaths. Yeah, so... 
you get to be one of the twats who gets sent to their death, and not one of the ones that gets to send not, them there. So that yeah, be fun. not the twats just like in Bordeaux or wherever, just having yeah, a fucking they, glass they, you know of wine. Really... Be fun today. I think we send another ten thousand soldiers into the Somme. <laughs> 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 They really couldn't have planned the timing better, though. I mean, just when the backlash to Call of Duty's future thing gets so mm-hmm. out of hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> they suddenly go, oh, well, look what we've got. Well, both I think it was a savvy you move. Want, because, you want yeah. boots on the ground? Here you go. Well, we yeah, were talking I mean, about this uh, like a few weeks back, weren't we, that we wanted to see a return to like World War One and Two shooters. I think it was you, Gavin, that I don't think wanted it, to see yeah, that. I, I don't think it even has to be that. I think a lot of Call of Duty players now just want the game to... Not not move backwards, but just kind of refine itself. Refine itself. Yeah, Yeah. like stay. Close in the amount of bullshit and gadgets Mm. and all that fucking nonsense. There are games that do that better. Yeah. That's the thing. There are games that do all that better. Like, you want gadgets, you want weird, wacky characters and stuff. I mean, we've got Overwatch coming this month. Battleborn yeah. just came out. Um, Team Fortress 2 has always been a thing. Like, there are games that do the whole diverse characters with their own wacky skills and, and all this stuff better. Call of Duty, like, makes these lurching half motions towards those things. And it just... It just seems like this half-baked, half-hearted, like their heart's not in it kind of thing. Like, like just just a, a, a non-effort. And it would be better, as you say, if they just stripped all that shit out and just focused on a refined, the, the exact kind of shooter that made fucking Call of Duty 4 what it was. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the exciting thing about Battlefield 1, is that it's when you're having to go down to such rudimentary guns... All of the surrounding gameplay had better be incredibly refined and rewarding. And I'm hoping that that's a basis for going forward having like, oh yeah, that's going to improve Battlefield games um, going on from here. You know what's funny though is like, I I would be very surprised even after all this if Battlefield outsold COD this year. I just don't think Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, like, Call of Duty is like just grandfathered into the top slot at this point. If it does, I'll hold up my hands and go, I was wrong. But I, I would be very surprised if that happens. No, yes. Despite all the Agreed. backlash. It's, it, it, yeah, it's I, like I fucking, would be interested, you know, though, just, just to Justin see... Justin Bieber still sells more records than Radiohead. You sure. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I'd be interested to see how well Battlefield stacks up on a metric that actually sort of, like, can tell us something like just how well it sells compared to other battlefield games or mm-hmm. you know some of these other shooters that have, have tried to uh, follow in in call of duty's footsteps um mm. I, i'd just be interested to see how well it does and how well it, it suggests i think um, this the market why... is for that kind of game you know that kind of thematically regressive game and yeah. i say regressive only insofar as you know, we had all those games two generations ago and then they stopped for a long time. And mm. and, and it's just at the point where it feels fresh again to go back to, you know, World War One or World War Two and that kind plus of it, thing. Plus, it's nice to see Battlefield um, do something different because it did kind of feel a little bit there. Like they were taking a lot of stuff, trying to be a bit more Call of Duty-esque. Oh, I don't even. Yeah, they, it was and, an open secret. I mean, mm, EA yeah. was very clearly. I mean, half of their fucking marketing was trying to bait um Call of Duty fans and stuff. Like, it was very... Yeah. Uh, they wanted that crown. EA is, is very jealous. They, they do this with other things. When they started doing um, social games and stuff, they started taking the piss out of um, Farmville and stuff. Like, they, mm. they get very jealous when there's someone in a genre doing better than them. 
and yeah, they they they, they no doubt was trying to turn both um, Battlefield and Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor got hit by it way worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to make them both sort of their version of Call of Duty, and and they hoped. If they and threw de- enough they, shit at the wall, they'd get space. one of them to win. <laughs> and Dead Space eventually. <laughs> oh, uh, Dead Space oh, Crisis at one point. Oh, apparently a Dead Space reboot rumours I heard. Something oh, about that. I, that, uh, I didn't see anything about this. Yeah, there were rumours of that flying around that there's going to be a, a Dead Space reboot. I would like more Dead Space that isn't like what Dead Space 3 became. So. God, yeah, just bring it back yeah. to the very first one. Like, go I back just, to just I, I alone and scared so and terrifying and everything's going to kill you. Hmm. Uh, yeah, what was the... Oh, yeah, I did have one more question about battle, uh, Battlefield 1. What, what do they call the inevitable sequel? Because like, that naming is a bit weird. It's like, I get that it's yeah. World War 1, so it's Battlefield 1... But then is it Battlefield 1 2? Battlefield Well, if they do it in if they do it in World War 2, which I'm guessing they will. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. I guess you could just I, call I it guess I guess you call it Battlefield 2, but Battlefield 2 feels weirder cuz it's like wait, well, there's so already a Battlefield 2. Yeah, there's already yeah. a Battlefield 2, and these are clearly not the first and second Battlefield games, which it it feels like a weird naming thing. Like it's obviously not going to hurt sales, but it's one of those like my guess is the That's next one they just have to ditch Hitler. the numbers. They call it yeah, Battlefield like some... Hitler. And at that point, Call of Duty will have released um, three World War II games. So everyone will hate the new Battlefield because, oh, it's copying Call of Duty. And then they'll all call it Battlefield Hitler and that will become the name. <laughs> there you go. A grim, yeah. terrifying future for us all. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Boglin Watch 2016. Let's get Bog- this out of the way. How are the Boglins doing? Right, bog, big Boglin developments. Um, my pumpkin Boglin's here. It's fucking awesome. Um, it's orange and black and cool and high quality. And also, I've got to actually give a shout out to Theory. Um, sorry, I don't know how. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I've I only ever see the name written down. Is it Theory? Theory? Like T H I E R R Y. I've seen that T- name from Thierry. Thierry. Okay. Tier and Tiff Tamara. If he's from where I think he's from, it's Thierry. Okay. One of those. We, I've said enough... Between Gavin and I, we've said enough permutations that one of those is right. But um, big thank you, um, because they sent me a Boglin um, from from their country. Uh, apparently they had it at their, their uh, I think, parents' or grandparents' house for years. And just remember... After all the great Boglin Watch coverage... Um, got it sent to them and then they sent it to my P.O. box and and I was like amazed because you know I oh I've got this old Boglin I'm gonna send you and I thought well that'll be cool you know um but it's probably a bit beat up and that but fuck me like I think that's as close to mint as a Boglin can get these days um with them being rubbery and everything and picking up dirt it's you can't get one that's that's fucking store shelf perfect but Fully boxed with the little tag and everything. The tag's normally the first thing to go. Um, some some wear and tear, but otherwise fucking amazing. Um, so huge thanks to uh, for sending me that. Um, and that's Boggling Watch 2016 for this week. Nice. Woohoo. Um, I, I kept having to stop myself from saying this next bit of news because the names are really similar and both of them have got news this week. There was uh-huh. some news about Battlefront 2 being a thing. Uh 
Battlefront 2 is confirmed. Do, by, by 2, do they mean the second half of the game? or <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's Battlefield 2, the bit where we put in all the stuff that you were asking for that you bought the first one hoping would be in DLC but wasn't in the DLC. Ah, so, so like Destiny 2 then. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Taken King where it's like, it's kind of like a sequel, but it's really we fixed all the things that we didn't do right and we put all the stuff in that should have been DLC. Um, so all we know about it is that it's real... It's happening, and it's going to contain stuff from the new Star Wars films, which, if it's releasing in the next year or so, probably means episode episode uh, seven, maybe something from Rogue One. Although, if it's going to have content from Rogue One, that might mean that it's going to have space battles, maybe? Maybe. That Maybe. feels like that would be a big part of Rogue One. It's, it's kind of surprising, honestly, that a Star Wars game didn't have space battles. Yeah, like yeah, but then you remember that EA published it, and it's not surprising at all. Yeah, because as long as it launches after December this year, when they say the new Star Wars films, that can include Rogue One, which is probably going to have some space content in it. Give us the space combat already, please, Battlefront. We want it. But, but Laura, if you want space combat, there's a new Call of Duty coming out with you, space you, combat. <laughs> you joke, Woo! that's probably where I'll be getting my, my scratching that itch of space combat. Because I, honestly, I don't care about like um, it going in Battlefront. I just want a new Rogue Squadron game. But if I can't get that, then I'll have space combat in Star Wars. And hopefully no Man's, no, no Man's Sky will also uh, satisfy that urge for you. Oh, cross my fingers. I'm still yeah. very unsure how to feel about that game. I don't know yeah. why I still feel so unsure on it. Oh, I think it's because we still don't really know what the point well, of everything in it is. I watched like a... F- I think it was like 25 minutes of like of game direct feed gameplay without any cuts. And I still don't trust that game, even after watching 25 minutes of gameplay. Where I'm like, I still feel like you've picked... Actually, I know what it is. The problem is I've yet to see them go down to a random planet and they're like, oh yeah, this planet's a bit shit, isn't it? Let's go back up and find a different one. Like, so far, every planet they've shown off has been interesting and there have been things to do and there's been, like, ways to make progression. Because this is all procedurally generated, I want to see them land on a planet and go, oh, this planet's a bit shit, we'll try another one. Because then I'll believe this is a real game and not something incredibly scripted for demos. Maybe there are no shit planets. Yeah, but I'm. I hope that's the case. I don't believe that's the case, and that has made me. That's made me skeptical of every No Man's Sky demo. Is mm. that not one of them yet has been like, oh, we landed on a kind of shitty planet miles away from like, oh, there is something to do on this planet, but it's miles away. It's going to take us like an hour to get there. Fuck it, let's mm. try a different planet. Mm. So, like, I'm still dubious that any of these demos are actually what the game is going to be like for the average player. Yeah, that's my worry, is that that we're being shown very controlled things. And Mm. the fact that we are being shown controlled things, and even then, they're still struggling to get a, a, a tangible, marketed message to the audience. It's just worrying yeah like i watched a demo where this is the 25 minute one where basically like the developer flies down to a planet and within like two minutes has 
found like all oh, the storms come in, all the ice storms here. We'll dig into the into the wall with this tool that we happen to have on hand, and we'll you know get out of the storm. Then oh, we stumbled into this person who we have this much of their language, so we can do this much of a quest line. And oh, we got these resources, so we're gonna fly away now and head off to this planet. That's the next one we need to go to. I'm like. I don't believe that your procedural generation is that good that no matter where you land on this huge planet, you're within a minute or two of the things you needed to be near. Mm-hmm. And if you are, then these planets are a lot larger than you are implying them to be. And it's it's tricky to know quite how much to trust what we're seeing of this yeah. game. I mean, I've, I've, I've given up having any opinion on that game at all yeah. until, I, until I, just, I finally play it for myself. I just want it in my hand so I can be like, oh, it is what they were saying it was, or no, they kind of were misleading with their, with their demos. Yeah. This is one of those one games where I, I'm about as close to neutral as you can get uh, with regards to thoughts on it. Like, I just almost blank slate at this point. I'm like, I, I don't... I don't know what to it. I don't know if I'm if this looks good to me or bad to me. I just need to try it and and see. And you know, we I'm sure you and I both will have coverage when it's out, so something to look forward to. Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a lot coming out this month, fucking hell. What, but what, there is uh, Like it's already started for me, like especially the multiplayer stuff, like like I, I normally pick one multiplayer thing to be obsessed with for a few months. I am already like knee deep in Battleborn and loving it, and then Doom's out this week, and finger maybe it will be good. Um, and uh, Overwatch following that, like it's a damn good fucking like month. Yeah. For, even if even if Doom turns out to not be good as we've been worried about, like yeah. it's still a huge game. Like it's still a it's still a good month for just exciting releases. I mean, we had Uncharted Four came out this week as well, which is, you know, as good as Quantum Break. <laughs> Officially, and there's there's two big. Uh, the two big DLCs this month as well for yeah, Fallout the, and The Witcher. The Witcher, of course, what's yeah. it? Blood and Wine is now official, and it's going to be what mm. thirty hours long. They say. Yeah. So that's, that's God damn it! Of course, of it comes out like the week before I'm away for a week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Damn I'm it! Not, I want to get another Witcher song done. I'm not going to be playing um, that Blood and Wine expansion until probably like July at the earliest. Yeah, it's so, going to be the kind of thing you want to be able to just sit back and enjoy it, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's going to be one of the things on my list of oh, I'm taking an entire month off work. I guess I'm going to sit back and play thirty hours of this now. Hmm. Um. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff that's coming out soon. Um, I don't think there was anything else on The Witcher's Blood and Wine. Just 30 hours. It's it's going to come out soon. Um, Mass- uh, there's news that Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be... Oh, well, well there, oh. Is a, there is a thing in it. We did get a trailer. And oh, I didn't see the trailer. It seem- how, how does it the trailer seems- look? Well, it, it looks great. And it has beautiful graphics and everything. But what's really awesome is it looks like they're taking the piss out of the French. <laughs> Like, the area he's in is basically kind of a send-up of France, so that's kind of awesome. I'm, I'm very sorry, French listeners, we do not <laughs> condone the, the mockery of France as a nation. Je suis très désolé. Uh, je, je, ne... je, te, je vous aime. Uh, je ne comprends pas les français, uh, tu parles anglais, s'il vous plaît. Comment ça va? Comment tu t'appelles? Mm. Où est la bibliothèque? Je suis très désolé. Je vous aime, mes amis français. Uh, merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Um, so yeah, other news- hello. <laughs> other news we got this week. It's it's bonjour, 
Bonjour. Bonjour, now. Or bonjour. Oh my god, that just made me think of that fucking scene in 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 uh, with Brad Pitt trying to speak fucking Italian. In <laughs> what was that movie? I Inglorious The Tarantino Bastards. one. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Oh my god, that scene is so funny. Yeah, that's been ages. Bonjour, no. <laughs> Um, Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Random tangent there. uh, Other news we got this week. Um, Disney have quit game publishing as of this week, and that kind of means that Disney Infinity is dead. Yeah, they've they've scrapped Disney Infinity. I think it it took everyone by surprise. Yeah, because it seemed to be such a money machine for them, and they've just scrapped it and killed the studio that was working on it. It's an amazing example of, of... how presentation and reality are two distinctly different things. Because oh, you go yeah. into a Best Buy or wherever, or a Target, and there's so much Disney Infinity stuff on the shelves, you're thinking, wow, this is a massive powerhouse. I know, and, and you look at, you know, on paper it should be. And yeah, it, it yeah, should yeah, be. You've this got huge Marvel, thing. Star Wars, and Disney stuff all in one fucking game with a toy line. Like, it, as, as many people have said, like, it should be printing money. And yet, apparently, they made too many figures and it, it fell below, like, Clearly, way yeah. below their their expectations. The, there is there is a making bunch. making the name of the series somewhat redundant. There. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's, there's been a bunch of people this week who've been talking about this story since it broke, who have been asking a question, and I don't know what the answer to it is yet. Is this a sign that the Toys to Life bubble is bursting? Well, I mean, considering that uh, Disney Infinity was. Practically at this point, like I mean, it, it was one third of that bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so the bubble's got a pretty damn big hole in it now. Um, I, it's hard to tell. Like, I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's hard to tell how big a bubble it was because, I mean, they all three seem, you know, um, well, Skylanders, it, Infinity, and Amiibo all seem to do relatively well. They all looked to do really well, in, and clearly it seems Infinity wasn't doing that great. It, they must have been doing relatively well in that, like, I went into a like a game shop yesterday, and the entire central aisle was Toys to Life figurines. It was Amiibo and Skylanders and Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions. That was, like, two entire rows in the middle of the shop. Yeah, that I mean, like they ended up occupying shelves. a space away from the game stuff in some certain circumstances. Mm. It was so, like, here's the game stuff, then a couple of aisles later, the toys thing, the Toys to Life stuff has its own fucking section. Yeah, there is almost four times as much space dedicated to Toys to Life as there was to Nintendo, 3DS and Wii U combined. I'm like, that's that suggests that they were doing well, but equally, like, the, the, the one of these ecosystems I know the best is, is Amiibo, and... There's been very little news about new Amiibo in a while. Now, I don't know whether that's just because they got through the big batch of of Smash Brothers ones they needed to do. We've not got really any game releases coming up for the rest of this year. Like, there's no big releases to tie new Amiibo to. That's it. I mean, Nintendo itself Uh, has just become a black hole of of progress right now. I'm just just looking at pictures of Skylanders toys here. It's like, holy shit, this is uh, Battle Beasts 2.0. Oh, that's what it, I liked, because Skylanders is, yeah. kicked the whole thing off. What I liked about Skylanders was, as someone who loves 90s shit, um, it was a very 90s idea. Mm. It was, you know, Battle Beasts, Barcode Battlers, like all these weird gimmicky toy lines battle that beasts, came out in the 90s. Beasts. And it, it did very well, because it was cheap, affordable figurines that, like, it was a very easy recommendation for birthday and Christmas presents. Yeah. Like, you don't know what to get your nephew or niece for their birthday... 
they want these particular Skylanders. If you can find one of them, you're gold. And I don't know whether the market is large enough to sustain this many companies trying to capture that market. Here's the thing. Like, people ask if if the bubble burst. Um, My question is, is was it a bubble to begin with? Because to me, the idea of a business bubbling is many, many companies, like, rushing, like, going for the gold rush, the same way, like, you know, you could say that mobile gaming and free-to-play games had a bubble, uh, because so many fucking companies rushed to have their own version, and the market was completely saturated. Whereas here, I mean, there were three big companies in that, and then the the nature of the product made it difficult for there to be um, uh, intense competition, but it was still just three companies and three lines. It wasn't like every game company had their own toy to life thing. Like currently, every game company is trying to do its own fucking MOBA. Uh, it's I, I I hesitate to have said it was ever a bubble per se, especially when some of that bubble was Nintendo under manufacturing shit on purpose, like dicks. Yeah. That that is fair. Um, like we 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 do know a little bit about how Amiibo sold at the very least. Like we know that they were hugely profitable and that they did sell very well for Nintendo. But uh, I I don't know. I yeah. it, it's one of those things. I've never bought any of the like the games that are designed around Toys to Life. Like I never bought a Skylanders game or a Disney Infinity game or a, a Lego Dimensions game. But I've bought figurines from two-thirds of those. Like, I've bought Disney Infinity figures. I have bought... Uh, like, I bought the um, the Lego Dimensions Portal set they did. It was adorable. I... Uh, I don't know if these are going to continue being affordable. Like, I think down the line we're going to get some information from Disney, probably, about how this sold and why the studio shut down and... That'll be when we can tell, like, oh, was this all a big front? Are these not as profitable for other companies as they were for Nintendo? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, none of us are economists, as I'm sure anyone who knows about financials would know with how much they were gritting their teeth while I was trying to talk about what bubbles are. But, um... Yeah, speak for yourself, Jim. I am an economist, and I know that, like, Disney Infinity made... $11,000 $11,000 billion, <laughs> and that that was under their performance regulation projections for the fiscal quarter. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Exactly. There. Yeah. The NASDAQ. Yeah. And, the... And, and the Dow Jones. Oh, I forgot about the Dow Jones. How silly of me. I am an economist. I shouldn't forget about the Dow Jones. Exactly. He's but... the most important man in yeah, business. I, that that robot with which he like smashes stuff if he doesn't get the right finances is quite an important part of the financial market. Exactly. Don't never anchor Dow Jones because he will destroy you. Yeah. I don't know where we were going with any <laughs> no, of that. Neither do I. Uh, let's let's quickly and, move on. Mass Effect Andromeda is going to have some kind of presence at E3. Uh, it's been being released in early 2017, apparently, which. I'm sure we had that news like weeks or months ago that it was pushed fast, out of 2016. Fa- so fast forward to um, to let's say November 2016. Yeah. There's going to be a heartfelt letter from the Andromeda team saying, "Look, here's the thing. We want to make this the best game we possibly mm, can, and we know yeah. you're very disappointed that it's not coming out in early 2017 now. But <laughs> I guarantee yeah. you." It probably is. It's probably going to be pushed to at least the summer of 2017. 
But the fact that yeah. there's going to be some kind of presence at E3, I'm excited about because even if it's just another trailer, I kind of want to get like a better feel for what the story of this game is. Like, give me a nice story trailer or something with uh, it's got some of the voice actors who are going to be in the game. To, it's going to have to do a whole lot to win me back because not. No one's hurt me like Mass Effect. <laughs> I love Mass Effect, and It'll I love. I, I don't trust you right now, Mass I, Effect. I you loved, broke my heart. I love you, and you never did anything to upset me. So I will welcome you <laughs> back into my life with open arms. I will recommend others do the same. I will tell the people <laughs> that they they thought wrong about you, and that they should just give you another chance, because I I know you better than other people do, Mass Effect. I know you more than Gavin does. Gavin thinks you're an asshole. <laughs> Uh, Who played Overwatch? I uh, didn't touch it. Nah. Mobas, did, did, did you, Jim? Nah. All right, that's that's that conversation then. Um, that's right. It's you not can, a MOBA. You can, you can talk about oh, it, what, Jim. What, multiplayer. It's, it's, it's a hero bah. shootout. Which it's closer to um, you know Team Fortress than than your your mobbers. I don't. There. I only like one competitive game, and I don't play it anymore. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fair dues. Well, I liked it anyway. That's the, the long and the short of it. I, I liked Good. Overwatch a we're lot. Glad, we're glad you liked it, Jim. Yeah, can thank can you. you explain to me why I should like it? Because people keep telling me it's really good and I still don't understand quite what the appeal of it is from the outside. Quite, quite specifically to you, Laura. Right. Tracer's butt. Well, I know and that. And I'm not just making a joke about the controversy. Like, I mean, I mean it, it really is... Primo quality top notch. I gear. I know. Like I am going to inevitably have to play it because my god, there is some there are some butts in that game. But like I still don't. A lot under- of the characters are incredibly attractive. I think it should yeah. be called like like over deep kissing watch because I want to do deep kissing with pretty much everyone except the monkey, and I might even be convinced to do the monkey. Well, you know, if it asks really nicely and gives you an apple and then, like, hides its butt on the other side of the apple so you accidentally fuck through the apple, then Oh, the you're classic golden. apple... Yeah, the classic yeah. apple butt, butt oh, stuff oh, play. There's, <laughs> there's an apple there, I'd better I fuck it. I keep getting this so game mixed up with Battleborn. Which is it? Is Overwatch is the Blizzard one and Battleborn is Gearbox, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. But and are they, they are pretty much like the same, very similar very games? Or? They're okay. very different. Like they, they both feet. You know, they're both hero-based multiplayer shooters and have you yeah. know characters with cooldown abilities and all that stuff. But Gearbox is definitely. Um, I think it was Holly Green who said that it was uh, a gateway drug to the MOBA. Like it's a very, it's something that lets people who don't play them, like myself included, enjoy the feel of them in a less committed, less, to be fair, hostile environment. Um, it's a lot more focused on, you know, leading minions to do things and fighting NPCs while you do other objectives and all that stuff. Whereas Overwatch, at least from the stuff shown in the beta, is just a lot more um, traditional. Um, but it does, again, feature heroes with their own cooldowns and abilities and stuff. But there's a lot more attacking and defending uh, objectives and stuff. And and you don't necessarily um, have to worry about some grander strategy not not more than any other sort of escorty missiony thing um, they are quite different in terms of of what their end goal is even if they do have some notable similarities and they're both you know cartoony fun oriented um multiplayer shooters that aren't you know gritty and grim and stuff and there's animosity i guess between the the two camps who like either one because of fucking course there is, even though they're different. And and it makes me sad because 
the industry needs more of these games. It's great that they both exist because they're colourful and they're fun <laughs> and they're not just soldiers being miserable, which is fine, but we have so much of that that are games like this with massively diverse, colourful characters uh, to choose from, to play as, in these, you know, really, like, like almost, like, garishly colourful worlds, like... It just, they look fucking great and they are just so focused on more, more of that like, chaotic in single, fun. In single player games would be nice as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I just I just feel like they, both Battleborn and Overwatch have come out at perfect times. Like, this is the perfect time for them. And it, it is a shame that, that Over, Battleborn is probably going to get massively overshadowed by Overwatch. But, you know, I, I, I hear it's selling all right, so... That's something because I I really like Battleborn. Like I I feel like I'm gonna like Overwatch more, but I really really did like uh, Battleborn. I it's would, just as good as Uncharted Four. I feel like with Battleborn, it's like I wish it had a single player mode because the aesthetic really does appeal to me, but mm-hmm. just the, the whole competitive multiplayer just doesn't, you know. And I wish. Yeah, I mean, it's got a story mode, but it's really not what you want to buy it for god yeah. good heavens no i'm suddenly realizing that both of these games are my equivalent of uh, when we talk about amiibo around gav where my brain's just <laughs> my brain just shut off for a minute there and i was like oh god how many minutes of the podcast have i just not been paying attention i don't and, talk about it often but i no, um especially I... this past year like i've gotten so much back into competitive multiplayer yeah. stuff. Like, I, I fell out of it for a long time, but um, I've mentioned this in some videos. Like, it started with Battlefront. When Battlefront came out, I became, even as disappointed as I was with certain aspects of it and its content distribution, uh, I became pretty obsessed with it for a while. And then Rainbow yeah. Six came out, the new Rainbow Six, and Siege, and I played that for a good long time. And, mm. Here's a question know, for I'm you, too. Now I'm hooked on... Battleborn and, and Overwatch so the multiplayer stuff like I've been spoiled for choice and it's been great getting back into it here's a question for you two um, and for me the answer is no are you able to enjoy multiplayer games when you're continually losing um, it depends on the game Okay, first off, obviously if it's like you've got shit teammates and there's frustrating mechanics, no one enjoys that. But if you're yourself pretty bad at the game, do you find it hard to enjoy? I can enjoy it in if I feel like I'm making progress while losing. Yeah, if I feel enough. if I feel like I'm losing but that I can see, oh, I improved this time because then I can enjoy a multiplayer shooter in spite of, or a multiplayer game in spite of continual yeah. losses. Yeah. The problem is when I hit a wall where I feel like I'm not progressing, I don't know how to progress, and I'm losing, that's when I can't enjoy it. For me, it's... Um, I, I said this recently as well in a video, like, I don't have to be the best, so long as I'm not the worst. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy if I'm, like, just middling around in the team rankings. If I'm, like, the guy on the team who's just, like, not the worst, I'm, I'm pretty all right, even yeah. if the team overall wins or loses. Uh, I am a consummate third placer, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine being third placer, like, really not <laughs> remarkable. Um, normally, I, I tend to do pretty... The more I play these games, obviously, I get pretty damn good at them, which people don't believe because they see my playing games on my YouTube channel where I am shit because <laughs> uh, I play them yeah. like immediately without any practice. Um, but once I get into a game and I really sort of spend, uh, you know, that's my multiplayer thing for 
the next few months. Like I, I get pretty damn good at it, and and I like that. It feels good. But when I have a bad night and I'm not doing so great, I don't feel that bad about it. Like if my team loses all night long, like mm. I'm still having fun went, playing. I, I fucking hate like something where someone has to lose. Even in the Souls games, I fucking hate getting invaded a because i lose four out of five of them but uh, <laughs> the one time that i do beat the other player i see them like fall over in a, in a hump and then i feel really bad for them and i'm like oh they just wanted to get their like whatever fucking tongue their pale tongue or whatever and now i ruined their you robbed their them of it that, yeah that's bad. one issue i had with um one thing that that i did find annoying about losing in battleborn was there are a few characters that you unlock that require you to win while playing as a certain character so it's like you know you've got to be a member of this faction and win five matches and if that's and of course not only that but um uh you can if someone else plays that character on your team you can't play it so you've got to like be lucky enough to grab that character before someone else It, it makes sense for balancing purposes like i don't begrudge them for it but some of their unlocks and stuff are a little frustrating because uh, sometimes they unlocks do require just, chance like that. Unlocks should just happen as you play the game. Yeah. I'm just well, talking. again, to be fair to Battleborn, that is also true. There, there are most characters have uh, two ways to unlock them. One of them is just ranking up as you play, okay. and if you you can unlock them earlier if you you know do mm. it the other way. And and there was a character I really fucking wanted, um, <laughs> so. I, I spent ages just trying to win matches while playing as this one character, and it's yeah. not as bad as the ones that unlock earlier through the single-player missions, because the way Gear... I don't understand what Gearbox did or why. Um, the, the story missions, you can play them on your own. They're not balanced for solo play, so they're not fun at all. Um, if you play them online, if you want to play them cooperatively, you can't choose what mission you want to do. You get three, three of the missions are randomly selected by the game and the team votes for them. And if you've got to beat a certain mission to unlock a certain character, you've got to hope that it's randomly selected in the rotation and that enough people vote for it. It took me like two days to get Isaac, which is a character I really wanted because A, it's a skull in a robot and B, (laughs) it's just like Jonathan Holmes. So I'm like, I really wanted that guy, not, uh, and it not took letting ages you to, to get to him. Not letting you play as Jonathan Holmes is an actual crime against the law and and civ- civilized yeah. society. It cannot be allowed it. to happen. Well, well, that's, yeah, that's good. That's what held the game back. Like, I mean, it would have scored a better than Uncharted four out of ten. Oh, are you there, Jim? Jim. Hello. Oh, yeah. What, you're, what you're you back. what you were saying there, Jim, was so evil. That something could be possibly better than Uncharted. It was so evil that Skype cut you off before you could finish your sentence. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll start that line again. Nothing is better than Uncharted Four. I'll, I'll start again. <sighs> Haven't um, we seen the Metacritic scores? <sighs> so anyway, as I was saying, um, I it would have gotten a, a better than Uncharted Four out of ten if the matchmaking and the the whole story mode setup had been better, but that—that that is what held it back. But it, I still think Battleborn's a damn great game, and and I just think it's a shame that it, it's getting dumped on a lot by people, and a lot of people haven't told me why. A lot of them are just saying it's shit, and well, part this, of that could be the yeah. Overwatch thing, part of it could be Randy Pitchford, um, because 
the yeah. man carries a stigma. That's so that's, that's kind of been my problem is that everyone's been saying both Battleborn and um, and this have are both amazing and fantastic, and no one's really saying why. So do you know how for yeah. me it was with Battleborn was the same thing with like. Every time a thing is like there's a big hype and you start to see the beginning of a trailer at E3 and this happened a few times and it's like this company's bringing out this new game it looks really cool and then it's like it's a MOBA thing and you're like oh for fuck's sake another one and I know it's it's stupid because like there's people out there clearly love that style and I'm just being selfish but for me it's just that style of game that's, nah, that's fair no interest um, we no. have a we, yeah I get that um, we have a couple of quick bits of news to get through before we're done uh, have either of you seen this is completely non-spoilers the person going around in Dark Souls 3 being the fashion police <laughs> no. <laughs> no okay so let me tell you a little story about what the fashion policeman does in Dark Souls 3 so there is a person who has created their character in Dark Souls 3 and called them the fashion police and they will invade your world and just walk up to you. And when they walk up to you, they won't attack you. They will put on whatever item of clo- like set of clothing you're currently wearing, then do like a pose to say whether they like it or not, and then switch into something like, "Oh, why not try switching out this helmet for this helmet?" And then once you've tried switching, they'll like <laughs> drop it down for you so you can try the helmet on and be like, "Oh yeah, that does look better." Then they'll give you a bow and they'll leave your world. They just pop into, your, they pop into your world, show you how you could improve like your visual look with like a basic item change, and then away they fly. That that is the second coolest thing I have uh, heard about Dark Souls this week. I saw a YouTube video, right? right? A guy invaded a world only to find a bunch of players reenacting the shame scene from Game of Thrones. <laughs> they were in, <laughs> they were in a certain area which is quite vertical. Yeah, uh, and they had the naked, blonde, short-haired lady at the front, with a priest behind her ringing a bell, um, <laughs> and two other characters walking behind them. And it was—I'll I'll link it afterwards. And it, it's just—just just look up um, Dark Souls Game of Thrones shame scene, and you'll find it. It's spectacularly brilliant. I love the people <laughs> who find really sweet, not murdery things to do with invasions. Yeah. So yeah, go look up a video of the Dark Souls 3 fashion police. They're lovely. Um, yeah. The other thing, very quickly, we got... Um, we talked a little bit last week about the fact that um, Zelda was going to be the only playable game at E3 that Nintendo was bringing this year. We got a little bit more confirmation on that now. Nintendo are not having an E3 press conference this year. They are instead live streaming a day of Zelda footage. Yeah. Uh, of new, new Zelda? Yeah, of the Wii oh, U nice. version of New Zelda. So, like, I'm really torn on this because if you told me, like, hey, they're going to do the E3 press conference, they're also going to stream a day of Zelda, and I wasn't going to E3, I'd be like, that's amazing. This is exactly what I want. Best E3 ever. However, the fact that, like, there is that they're not bringing any games to E3. They're not showing any games. We know they've got games that they could talk about. Like, oh yeah, we've got like a new Paper Mario for the Wii U and we've got the Shinigami Tensei Fire Emblem game and stuff like that. That they're just like, there's going to be no surprises from Nintendo at E3 and that's kind of sad to learn. 
Because I think everyone was quietly hoping that, oh no, Zelda's the only game they're bringing, but we'll still we'll still get some some surprise announcements or something. We'll get some trailers for things. Nope, just just Zelda. And I can't they've believe been, I'm criticizing them. They've been distancing that. themselves from the E3 thing for years. They though. they have, but like I can't believe that I'm being told, hey, there's going to be a day of live streaming Zelda, and I'm not excited. And that's Ugh, Nintendo, you're losing me somehow. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just. What you, you said footage of New Zelda, and I got excited there. And yeah. I'm not even a Nintendo fan. So. I, I am a huge Nintendo fan, and I'm so excited that I'll be able to play Zelda in E3. It's like the main reason I want to be there this year, because I was so upset that it wasn't there last year that it got pushed back. But the lack of an E3 press conference from Nintendo or an E3 Direct. Makes me sad, because I kind of quietly hoped that there would be some surprise from Nintendo, and I'm sad that there won't be. But still, yeah. Zelda all day. There's going to be like just a day of live streaming of Zelda footage, so that'll be worth yeah. watching. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, like it'll probably be the most honest thing you see on the fucking like that's broadcast to people. Yeah, from it'll be here is a, everything else all bullshit yeah. anyway. Here is a bunch of actual footage of a real video game, which Nintendo. Yeah, are well, good I praised. About doing. Uh, yeah, I praise them for doing it the past few E3s with all their treehouse stuff. Like, yeah. it, it's 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 a good idea. It, I, it, it got me more into their stuff than any of the glossy presentations yeah. done by anyone else. And I still feel like Zelda could, even if it's the only thing Nintendo like show on their live streams for E3, if all these recent rumors about the the new Zelda game about it being like, oh, it's you know going to take a lot of Western uh, Western RPG influences and it's going to have voice acting for all characters other than the protagonist and selectable character gender and things like that. If those things happen, I will lose my shit and I will be like Nintendo wins E three without even having a press conference. But you know, <laughs> still, eh, I I can't get fully excited about that because I'm sad there's no. E3 direct from them, but whatever. Um, and then the last last bit of news we have this week. Did you know that there's exclusive DLC that has been released for Rise of the Tomb Raider that you can only get by buying Pringles? <laughs> oh, video games, everybody. Yeah, you have because to buy... Nothing, because nothing says desperate survival more than a, a box of Pringles. Well, actually, for me, that's true. I did once get locked into an apartment for an entire day with nothing but a box of Pringles. <laughs> to be so, fair, though, this to is be going fair, to be once, a good experience. This DLC, as we learned in the first Tomb Raider, once Lara Croft popped the first dude's head off, she could not stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the only tangential link there seems to be for why this is a promotion that's happening is Pringles have a type of Pringles called Pringles Extreme with like an X at the beginning, and this is the extreme survival outfit. For, for Lara Croft uh, in, in well, Lara Croft has always been extreme with an X there's yeah. nothing more extreme than spelling extreme with an X when yeah, people do that it makes me think whoa like fuck I thought you, like, you snowboarding are a, and shit you was are extreme a, you're a fucking rebel you don't even care about grammar you extreme bastard yeah. so I yeah. bet you put like Pepsi in a coke glass you fucking rebel Oh, and then you say you say, "Oh, I'm I'm having coke today," and everyone looks. It's like, no, that's a Pepsi can. Oh, did I you don't... take cocaine? No, it was just coke and a Pepsi <sighs> can. You rebel, oh. sassy Beyonce gif. Yeah, that was some proper quality banter, mate. 
Um, we we got time for some questions. Yeah, liked, let's do some I liked, questions. I liked our E three question we got. That that um yeah, should we, tie, ties into what we were just talking about. Actually. Yeah, should we should we start with this one? Um, yeah. Holly Shiras wants to ask: Can we make up an E three drinking game this year? So. Should we just start throwing out our suggestions well, and I'm some, gonna, someone with more time than us can like put them on a bingo card or something? I'm going to start with, with actually just that, sassy Beyonce gifts. It's like any time uh, a developer or publisher you like puts out a good game that you consider is a slight to the uh, other company or whatever and you post a sassy mm. Beyonce gif to do with that, then everyone has to take a drink. Okay. I, I have a serious <laughs> drinking game note to put on here finish your drink when and I'm not saying if when The Last Guardian gets a 2017 release date Mm. that's a good one yeah every Uh, every time someone says innovative about a mechanic (laughs) that's been in 20 other games um, take I've it. got ones based oh. on the, on that one um, on things people say. One every time the word exclusive is said, uh, yeah. well, you might want to make them small drinks for that one. Yeah. And you have to take you have to take a bigger shot than every time that it's a timed exclusive. Yeah, timed exclusive, and you've got to do a chaser every time the exclusive turns out to just be DLC. Um, yeah. You've got to take a drink every time a game is revealed in inverted commas that we already knew existed. That like doesn't it's like oh we're revealing this surprising game oh yeah that got leaked years ago and we all knew it you've got to you've got to down an entire bottle of of whatever beverage when Ubisoft has that one cringe making attempt to make something viral oh yes Um, okay you've you've got to take you've got to you've got to have three shots when. The fact that Battlefield 1 is coming to the Xbox One, they try and make that like a linked thing because they both have one in the name. you got to take three drinks uh, when that happens. Battlefield 1 on Xbox One. One, we'll have, one, one. It will have one sale. You will, you will buy it one time. <laughs> one like, person will buy gonna it. D- you gotta, okay. you gotta take a drink. You gotta take a drink for every minute that Sony spends talking about the sales of the PlayStation instead of the games. Um, you've got to take a drink every time that someone says, "We're very sorry that this news got leaked earlier today," and like acknowledges that a bit of news leaked before they could announce it on stage. You've, you have to take a drink every time some god awful pop star reveals how bad they are without their auto tune when uh, they're in for the new like dancing or guitar game. You have to take a drink every time that a car is lowered from the ceiling. <laughs> um. I can't think of any others now. Oh, you've got to take a drink every time that Nintendo reveals a game that isn't Zelda. You might not take any drinks this E3. You've got that one. That's going to be a pretty sober party. (laughs) Talking of sober, you have to be stone sober for the entirety of the PC gamer conference. No! Oh, I I got an email today. I am safe from the horrors of PC gaming conference this year. I don't have to pretend. Chris Carter is the only person from Destructoid who's going, and that makes me so happy. So, yeah, like, I have the option of going if I choose to, but I am not being forced to go for work. You never know. They might they might take the criticism on board and make it really good this year. You never know. Well, if they do, no, then, I genuinely uh, hope they do. Like, yeah. all joking aside, I genuinely hope they do. 
I would to like take to a shot every time you see someone fall asleep at the Square Enix conference. Yeah. Uh, take take a drink every time that there is a softball interview where nothing of importance is learnt during the PC Gamer show. Take a drink every time you see Jeff Keighley's face. Uh, take It'll, you co- you won't be able to avoid it. You'll try. Oh, here's You'll one. It here's point. here's one. Take a link or take a drink rather. Every time they say, here's a gameplay trailer, and it's actually not gameplay at all. It's very choreographed sub-gameplay. Yeah. Um, take, yeah. take I mean, a drink every time it's a pre-rendered trailer. Like, every, you know, yeah. whenever we don't see gameplay. And even when it's gameplay, it's like fancy shots that they've like gone into the engine while people are playing and like I, swung the camera around them. Yeah. Shit. I might be it's able not to, actual gameplay. I might be about to kill everyone listening. Take a drink every time you see a games journalist tweet really cynically about how they don't like E3 anymore. Yes. Dude, I will be the cause of alcohol poisoning for, like, half of our listeners. Um, are we, take are we drink, done? Take a drink every time the journalists in the audience completely overreact like morons to something. Um, like, oh, that's a good ah, one. I'm going to fall off my chair! Sorry, um, I'm really cynical. <laughs> no, 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 that is the exact right amount oh. of cynical. Um, take a Ooh, dr- Here's one, take a drink every time you read a think piece about whether or not games are too violent based on footage we saw yeah. in E3. <laughs> uh, take a drink... Well, there's going to be a lot of doom at E3, isn't there? Yeah. So, uh, take a know. drink every time a game is revealed that isn't going to be out before 2020, probably. So a good example of this would be Final Fantasy VII Remastered last year, like... Ah, let's take a drink for that. Take a drink every time someone on your feed takes a dig at Call of Duty. That is going to kill you. Um, Take a drink every time you see someone on Twitter complaining about how everyone snarkily live uh, live tweets E3 and maybe you shouldn't... uh, Oh, too many snarky live tweeters. Uh, Take a drink for everyone of them. I love snarky live tweets. I'm really upset that I'm going to miss doing that this year, Jim. You can snarky live tweet. Why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best, but um, it's yeah. going to be hard when I'm actually there and actually probably going to be getting in on all the ridiculous hype myself. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I've got any last ones of these before we go. Um, live. T- uh, sorry, why was I going to say live tweet? Take a drink every time you find out that, like, some ridiculous PR stunt happened at E3, be it a giant thing where you had to stick your head through boobs to play the game, or they gave out some kind of ridiculous tat. Every time one of those stories pops up, take a drink. And every time there's going to be a DLC that's exclusive to one platform. Um... Take a drink every time you're shown a game that doesn't have guns in. That will get Jimmy. some. They want, be... they, they want to get some drinks. I in. didn't want to say every time you see one with guns in, because then we, again, would all be dead. Um, but may take a drink for the ones that don't have the guns. Oh, The token oh. emotional game that's in the middle of every press conference. Take, take a drink every time they say, and this game is available right now. Every time a huge oh, a publisher one. announces the new, in inverted commas, indie game <laughs> they're working on. Uh, and they ta- say indie indie development is really important to us. Here's oh. our new huge budgets game. Take a drink during each of the indie indie game sizzle reels when you see a game that actually looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Shall we move on to another question? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure we're going to kill people with that list. Uh, someone compile that list if you can be bothered. Why not? We um, won't blame you if you can't be. Yeah, I got, I'm not going to be bothered to go through and do that. Um, right. Take a drink every time Phil Spencer says our fans. Um, That's okay. a good one. Um, Emil Hayes Staffenson wants to ask, if you could leave a single Dark Souls message in real life, where would you place it and what would it say? I would place it uh, at the 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 gate of of people's education as they leave for the last time, and it would just say "Good luck." Oh, Aww. that's good, that's good luck with life. That's really see. Sweet. I was just gonna, I was just gonna put tongue butthole outside David Cameron's house. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go for something. Be careful, like- pig ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you, 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 you did it. Be yeah, wary, you beat me be wary of pig ahead. Yeah. Actually, it, it would to me, it'd be more accurate, be wary pig head. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to just like pick a really visible wall somewhere, possibly the, the pla- like in the platform between, like, actually, no, I've got a really good one. Um, go to King's Cross Station between platforms nine and ten, and then go to the wall <laughs> there and put a losery wall ahead. Nice. Yeah, there you go. I'll put a losery wall ahead in front of that wall and I've watch been, all the kids run the, at a wall. I've been seeing some really funny ones this week, actually, in the actual game. There was one, someone left in, you, you know, outside the cathedral, there's these huge big uh, statues of priests. Mm. Someone left youth required ahead in front of that. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so wrong, but so funny. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It amazes me just how much comedy people can get out of, the, you know, with the very small tools that the mm. game gives you to express yourself. Mm. Um, you know, stock messages made up of existing words and the way, you know, that we talked about the, the shame multiplayer angle and the, mm. the fashion police. Like, it's a very limited tool set that players have, but they find ways to do, do wildly inventive ways. things yeah. with it. yeah. Um, because when you're when you're saying the stuff um, to someone who's never played the game, it's hard to understand why these things are funny. But when you realise how limited the word set is that people have, just how inventive they had to get, like yeah, yeah I mean, well, that is the like mother the po- of invention, like isn't it? The, like the whole poison gas ahead thing behind the demon's arse was just that. That was <laughs> yeah. literally. I had to stop playing. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> at it. Um, so yeah, there we go. There's our Dark Souls messages we're going to pop in the real world somewhere. Um, God, we just can't stay away from that fucking game, can we? I know. It just... wasn't our fault this week. <laughs> yeah, someone asked us a question explicitly about it. It's not our fault. Um, yeah. We will do a Dark Souls 3 spoiler cast at some point. Like, it's probably going to be yeah. while I'm off. Like, well, I'm... Yeah, why don't we record that before we go to E3 and then... Uh, oh, that might be a good time to do it. It's to, well... Uh, I'm trying to work out because we're going to want to do one around E3. Like we can always push back a few days and do it once we're back from E3 or something. Because they're going to be most dedicated Souls players are on their third or fourth character now with that with Dark Souls. Yeah, like we we can either do it like uh, through E3 or we can use it as one of the ones when I'm off like June through July when I'm away from the podcast for a bit. So we'll 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 get it done at some point. We will do you one of them Dark Souls casts. Um, Yeah. Uh, other questions. Ben Fox wants to ask: When gaming, what kind of attention span do you all have? Mine has become so low that I almost always need a podcast on. I I cannot imagine that. I mean, for me, when I'm in a game, that's it. I'm there. I will play it for the entire week, not being in any way distracted from it. It. But then again, that's how I work as well. So no, I have a yeah. huge attention span, even for things that aren't very good. 
<laughs> I it depends entirely on what kind of game I'm playing. Like there are there are certain games where I'm just like trying to grind at something and my attention span will slip considerably and I'll have to like have something else in the background to keep me focused. So like good example recently, Dark Souls 3, I was trying to grind up levels in an area because I wanted to buy an item that was like a lot of souls. And I was, was just it, running was it a was it a item to unlock an area by any chance? Yes, it was. It was one of the very expensive Fuck ones of those. Shit. I so, hate that. Okay. <laughs> Basically I was running back and forth through the same area, like getting however many thousand souls each time, just running back and forth. And as strong as the gameplay was, it wasn't keeping my attention, so I put on a podcast and sort of level grinded to a podcast. Like, if, if I'm going through somewhere for the first time, it's all new, I try and, like, keep my focus on it. But if I'm, like, going back through areas, I'm repeating something, I'm... You know what's a really fun way to do that, though, that. in Dark Souls? Is to uh, just co-op the last boss that you did. Go and help people to beat the last boss you fought, and you'll get a lot of souls that way really quick. That is mm. a very good point, actually, yeah. yeah. I need to do more it's of that. It's the best way to do it. It's I a think. lot more fun than grinding through the levels over and yeah. over. Well, grinding through the levels is good because you can get items at the same time, and I quite enjoy doing that for, like, um, while I was grinding for this particular item I was trying to buy. I got oh, a yeah. bunch of embers. I got, like... Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I managed to get a set of armor that I'd not previously had just through, like, very rare drops that this Grinding for doing. items is, is the killer for me. Like, it yeah. took me so long to get the fucking... Um, the dark sword. I, I was mm. the dark swords actually I I, the, the, I swim in those I've got too many of those oh, really? I, I um, had a lot of dark it was the scythe the, the pontiff I think it's yeah. called the I think it's called the pontiff's great scythe um, I was trying to get that because I was curious about it and there's one enemy that has it in the whole game yeah. and the drop rate is ridiculous I, I was having trouble getting the dark helm and legs like I had the body and the swords in abundance and while I was level grinding, I was just like, okay, let's keep getting the rest of the dark set while I'm here. But I also got like 15 or 20 embers. So I was like, okay, not going to complain about that. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. But with regards to the question, um, I, I'll, I'm, I'm known to check my phone between respawns or, or loading, loading screens. Loading screens. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's about but it. Otherwise, even when grinding, I, I would struggle to have something else on at the same time. Yeah. Even um, music. I mean, I know... When yeah. people people say that they play games with different music on, I'm like, how? Like the music is part of what? I did that once, and I I, I just never could be bothered to do it again. Mm. But I... the music, the music or lack of, is such an important part of the atmosphere that the developer wanted to create for you. And I yeah. feel it's almost well, like maybe I... it's uh, maybe this is the musician <laughs> speaking here. You know, it's like I yeah. couldn't do that. I I did this like the other day when I was. This was like the other week when I was playing through the Uncharted collection. Um, like I was also like uh, listening through podcasts, and whenever I came to a cutscene, I'd pause the podcast, like watch the cutscene, then go back to like, okay, let's turn the sound back down on the game, go back to the podcast while I'm doing. But the do you have like two brains? How do you divide your attention like that? How do, how like, does that I, work? <laughs> I can separate it out if it's like like wow. action like. That's some serious multitasking I, skills, I, Laura. I, I could, I would yeah. not be able to do that. I, I struggle to focus on re like re I couldn't read subtitles for a cutscene while listening to different words being said on a podcast, but yeah. I can certainly like listen to a podcast while I'm playing through the gameplay sections of a game like Uncharted, uh, Uncharted One, for example, and then just be like, okay, we hit a cutscene, pause the podcast, here we go. Wow. So. 
Yeah, you, millen- like, you millennials. <laughs> I know we we are. I am part of the multitasking generation. It's and and I've said this before. I think it's really interesting. Like I think this is going to be a long term barrier for VR being becoming a big thing. Is just quite how my generation multitasks everything and never commits to one form of entertainment at a time. Like if is you're that, watching a is that is is that true or is that just a thing people No, say? I it's... genuinely think it's true. Like I know yeah. that like I am just on the edge of like I've just been hit by it. I think I'm on like the top end of it. But like if I'm watching a film at home, like I if I go to the cinema, yep, phone off, that is just etiquette. That's what you do. You focus on the film. If I'm watching a film I've never seen before, but I'm watching it at home, I will sit on Twitter. Or, like, mm. I will have my phone out. And I know that that is a very generational thing. That, like... Wow. That I will multitask while watching a new film if it's in my own home as an environment. If it's a boring film, I can totally understand that. But if you're engrossed, that seems so alien to me. Well, it's it's just the way that multitasking is. It's, it's yeah. like, I can, I can, like... Once yeah, I, I think am, I, I, I'm out of that generation. Yeah. It's like, like if, if I'm watching a thing for the first time, yeah. I'm, I'm watching if, the if thing. If I'm invested enough yeah. in it and like I'm half an if hour I'm in, I'm not I invested know... enough to watch it, I'm like, I'm wasting my time with this. I'm going to go and invest my time in something else. That's quite the possi- way I see quite it. Quite possibly. It's one of those like, let's say I'm watching a film, I'm half an hour in, I recognise all the voices well enough. I can check my phone and like be on my phone for two or three minutes and I'll still know exactly what's going on because like I know all the voices of the characters going on and I'm like, okay, yeah. I can follow this without the visual for a couple of minutes and then jump back. Like my my girlfriend, she's twenty seven and she'll like she will put on a TV show, a series or a movie or something, and she'll leave it playing while she while she like goes into other rooms and does shit and I'm like, Do you want me to pause this for you? It like it drives me crazy that she's missing bits of the Yeah <laughs> this thing, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm She's like, no, there, no, no, my... let it play. I'm like, but you fucking mate, yeah, you're not going to know what's going on because part... you miss bits. Yeah, my partner does the same. And again, I think it is part of the, the, the just the way that the multitasking has just become a thing generationally. Wow. And that's, uh, I don't know. It's, it is a weird thing. And I, I, I'm certain that it's probably in some ways hurt my, att- my attention span on like single projects. Yeah. But it also allows me Are to... Are you guys... Do you guys find the same thing with work then as well? That you find it hard to just... Because with me, if I open a project, I will not go out of my room and that zone for days. That's it. I'm fucking in it. Do you um, find that your attention span moves into work as well? the, The way I tend to find work is that I like having things going in the background that I don't need to think about, that I know so well that I can just kind of tune them out and just have them there as background noise yeah. to sort of divert my focus slightly. And this is obviously a thing that you can't do because you work in music, but yeah. like I will put on, it's usually the album, uh, How I Learned to Stop Giving a Shit and Love Mindless Self-Indulgence. I will put that album on because it is, it is a stupid, mindless album that I know very, very well inside and out. And I'll just... Put it on in the background so that it's if I'm getting frustrated with work that I have something else to focus on for a second so that my brain can work on it in the background. And I find that I hit fewer of those like irritating roadblocks in my work wow. because I have something else going on that my brain can. That's jump so back funny, Laura, with. that you would say that album, because for me, like 
that would be like the worst kind of album I could put on to work alongside because it's so mindless self-indulgence are so very um I find Ch- it hard not to listen to it it's very well, chaotic and it it changes a lot and there's yeah. a I'd be well, like, this, oh yeah, no, I'm listening to this now no. instead of well, this, instead of working. This, <laughs> this is kind of why they're perfect for me for that purpose. Is that they yeah. they are chaotic, but that I know the album so well that I can largely tune it out. But yeah. if I need something to just like refresh my brain to take my brain away from what I'm stuck on, so that I can like stop thinking about it for a second, mm-hmm. there's so much going on in that music that it provides a nice distraction for a second so that my brain can work on the problem a little less like you know how sometimes you just need to not think about a problem then you come back to it and be like oh yeah i Mm. i know how to get around this well you see that that's a skill i wish i had because i will sit there for fucking four hours at 3 a.m trying to fix something that it's just not going to get fixed until i come back with fresh ears the next day you know for me that's why like the i guess you could call it a lack of a focus works well for me with my workflow in that it means I can have something else on as a slight distraction that I like it's not a distract it like hugely distracting distraction but it's there if I need to take my brain off of this for a second isn't it then jump back in isn't it crazy how much difference there is in the processes that work for different people oh definitely it is hugely there's no comparing it is there yeah it's it's mad so, yeah, I like having things that I know well and don't have to pay attention to going on in the background. Um, the other benefit of that for me is just because I have real sensory issues and having music that I know really well going in the background drowns out a lot of other sensory stuff that helps me stay focused. So, yay! Woo! Hmm. That that was quite a long answer we had to that question. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a chat you could talk about for hours, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, I'd be cu- just sitting back I'm, enjoying it. <laughs> I'm curious to hear uh, audience views on this. Put them in the comments, and I I, I promise I'll read them. Yeah, send us like, the, what, send what? us your send us your emails to askpodquisition at gmail dot com and whatnot, and we'll have a or, look at them. Or just put it in the comments because I always read the comments. Or for t- a tweet us, tweet us or whatever. Except Jim because yeah. he never looks at his tweets. Um, so yeah, we we got anything else, or is that a good place for us to wrap up this week? Sounds like a good place to wrap Sounds up. Sounds like yeah. a good place to finish. Yeah, we we, yeah. we 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 did a good one. I think we did a good show. We did it. We did it. We got we, through we, it. We survived another week. I got, got gotta go finish Nathan Drake's latest adventure and apparently last adventure, if Naughty Dog are to be believed. Well, I mean, ending the the series on such a bad note. Oh, uh, I'd yeah. be surprised if they get to I can't do believe, another sequel. I can't believe it's only an 8.8. What a fucking disgrace. Yeah, that means it's shit. I mean, worst, Not enough worst. Apple fucking was the problem. Yeah, 8.9 is okay, but 8.8 is just... No, worst game of the year. Worst game yeah. ever. Yeah. No, in, in, in serious though, I haven't said anything about Uncharted 4 really. It's a cool game. I like it a lot. Still not my favourite combat or platforming in a game ever but mm-hmm. it is what it is and it's a lot of fun so yeah there you go it's, it's, a, it's a great game it is a great game uh, it's just it's not 9 out of 10 great sorry um, <laughs> Laura yeah. people want to know about your stuff how what, can they find mine? out about your stuff that you oh. do what on the internet and stuff oh, that stuff what I do what on the internet what uh, all you, of that stuff yeah you can find all of that stuff at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere laurakbuzz.com Laura K Buzz on Twitter Laura K Buzz on Patreon which pays the bills Laura K Buzz on YouTube we're in a week or so I've got my Dark Souls 3 LP starting up I've got like the first like nine weeks of it recorded ready to roll um, other than that you can find me at the Pokemon UK Nationals this week this upcoming <clears throat> weekend the what is it 14th and 15th 
So that'll be fun. And I'm doing a I'm doing a um, fragments of him spoiler cast next week with the Geek Remix channel on YouTube. So look out for that. Well, okay. I got, got got a lot of tweets from him fans about last week's <laughs> discussion. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah. some good referencing. Yeah, they were he, happy that they were happy we knew who uh, that, yeah. that him. Well, they they happy that yeah. we acknowledged his infernal majesty. Yeah, I used to listen to them a fair bit. Like they're in a the, good band. Yeah, in the day. Him, yeah. Him, him were good. Him good. Like their uh, the cover of that song. Of hearts. <laughs> That's a great God, song. God, I have not listened to that in years. I, I might have to put I'm, that on when we're done. Oh, their, their Neil Diamond cover was great as oh, well. Oh gosh, after this finishes. Man. Oh God, that was good, wasn't it? I've got yeah. like a half hour walk after this podcast finishes. I'm probably going to spend it listening to him. Gonna I'm gonna have, have to wax some, some him on as well. With, yeah, gonna have some time with Vila. Yeah, sounds good. Um, but but while people are when, when people are done listening to him, they will be hungry for more music, Gavin. And where can they, they find more quality tunes? They can find more quality tunes on my YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound, which had its best ever month this month with four million three hundred thousand views, which was awesome. Well done. And which actually was nice because of the kind of mixed reaction my first Dark Souls 3 song got. But thankfully, my second Dark Souls 3 song got a much more universally happy reaction from my audience. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, go over to my channel, Miracle of Sound, on Twitter. And buy my shit on iTunes, guys, because I need to move house this year. Because the mm-hmm. supermarket closed across from me, and now it's just us and the methadone clinic. So... I need to move. <laughs> Fair I enough. To, I need to. I need to get a mortgage and all that stuff. So please buy my music. <laughs> yeah, buy buy Gavin's music and he can have a big old grown up mortgage. Yeah, and, and, not, and not live across from junkies. And not live across the way from the methadone clinic. Yeah. So there you go. And I guess all that remains to say is thank you all for listening, as per the norm. Thank you all for um, again speaking of records like the uh, Patreon stuff that that keeps you know keeps the Jimquisition running like that that has been like record breaking month on month lately and it's just fucking mind blowing so thank you all for we've, that thank we've, you we've yep. gotten more views than call of duty got dislikes oh wow, yeah. that's true <laughs> that's true um yeah so thank you all for that thank you all for listening and we will be back next time with more shite to shovel in your ears thank you bye bye, bye.